Stepping or any movement of self whatsoever, not separate but untethered like magic. Diagon alley propelled from this hedge with lightning upon my head and divine on my breath. When guardium leviosa with this roll up, never slow up. When burning down a totem with this potent, the red dragon, black mamba, and white rhino. When at the top, the divine crow holding all the th candid and all between his raving claws because he smokes without pause. But looking like Mufasa with the Rasta luggage floating on this pother, feeling like the flag is lying, and these women want to be my flying lionesses so the text said so after a couple hufflepuffs she'll open up her griffin doors and let me slither in but i'll elevate her then i'll escalate her raising her frequency via speed in her tempo she fiends for wisdom so i feed her my mental and when she leaks her liquids i'll proceed to eat her like lentils My next two guests are part of a Seattle-based collective known as No Idol Music, with other members including Dev and a new member coming soon. It's my pleasure to introduce Tuya and St. Pat. special guests from the music collective No Idol Music Group, Tuya and St. Pat. Yeah, sup? Yes. So there's actually three of you guys. There's Dev also, but I interviewed him a few months back. So uh, this interview is just for you guys, which is awesome. I like I like more people the merrier, you know? It's more thoughts coming together. It's, it's great. <laughs> yeah, totally. Thank you. Yes. Appreciate you. For sure. Yeah, and we have a fourth member that we just added in. Um, she's in Baltimore, 
Roxanne Snow. So she'll be, you know, breaking out with us sometime next month. So y'all look out for her. Wow. She's gonna be we'll have her up on our website and stuff so everybody gets to meet her. So yep, we're getting over to the East Coast now. Damn. That's dope. I didn't even know you guys had a <laughs> website. When did you guys put up a website? Oh, we've always had a website. Oh wow. Yeah, we've know. had a website for like I don't know, like a week after we came I just, up with you know, it. I have to switch it up, you know. <laughs> I just switched it up. So everybody hasn't seen the new one yet. But it's no idolmusicgroup.com. Dope. That's awesome. Dude, I just during this quarantine I created my own website too, and those can be a bitch to make, but like after it's done, oh, it's like a little baby of yours, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. She's always going back always and like updating, <laughs> trying to like make it look fresh and fire. Mm-hmm. And she's doing her job. It's looking it's looking we fire. It. Yeah. That's awesome. So is that your guys' baby or? Yes, this is our baby. Wow. She's only nine weeks, so she's she just got here. <laughs> oh my gosh. She just got here. Was it scary? To- Her name is Truth. What were you saying? Her name is Truth. Oh, wow. Yeah, That's adorable. <laughs> no idol baby. Oh my gosh. You got to get a little like the onesie. This is no idol on it. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I'm working on a whole little line, you know. That's awesome. That's awesome. So was it scary to have a baby during this whole pandemic or? Oh my God, it was so just all over. I was really sick too. So I had to go to the mm. hospital a lot and it was just awkward. Cause you know, people in there, uh, every time somebody do a little cough, then allergy season came around April and it was like, oh, a little cough, a little sneeze. It was like, what's going on? You got the Rona. Everybody was like, <laughs> Yeah. Mask. It was it was a lot. But I mean I didn't want nobody to come to the delivery room low key because you know mm-hmm. I just didn't feel like it. So that was an easy excuse. Like, nope, you can only have one visitor. Mm. That's it. <laughs> Can't nobody else come. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy because yeah, a, a lot of people are having their birthdays during the quarantine also and they're just like stuck at yeah. home. But stuck alone. Yeah. Damn. Just with your one person. <laughs> so how'd you guys start your music group by the way? well okay so yeah it's a it's a really long story but um it was like uh the time before time i was just saint pat and i had like i was trying to like start a little crew of my own that's how i like got to seattle because i'm not from seattle um but like i ended up moving here to do music and long story short i ended up meeting some people which led me to a producer. And then this producer and I tried to go into business together, but it didn't really work out. And we kind of fell out basically. So because of all of that, I was angry at the whole, ah, this is setting me back. So I like just like recently, like shortly before we had ended up meeting um, at a a show that we were both performing at and we ended up kicking it off like shortly down the line but then because of all of the whole thing with the producer I wanted to still get the business going and I ended up becoming my own producer Mm. and she was producing a little bit of her beats but was still like unfamiliar with some of the technology so I ended up helping her out on that part and then we just started No Idol Music and started producing our own yeah the thing about me is you know I get stuff popping you know 
anytime it's something that we need to do, I'm the person to get it done. We was like, hey, we're going to start a group. That was like February. So by April, you know, we was whipped into shape. We had a name, a logo, a launch party going, two projects out in two months. Like in two months, we learned how to produce, mix, master, uh, pretty much, yeah. Two months, we whipped it together. So, I mean, my name is Tweya, y'all. That stands for the world is yours always. So, you know, I believe in making it happen. That's dope. So that's the story. It was a two-month process. Like, I couldn't believe that we actually even did it. But, I mean, it was a little bit spiteful. <laughs> wow. We had a point to prove. So we were like, yeah, we're not going to let nothing hold us back, you know. So we were just like, we need to throw this together. You know, Devin is my brother. Oh, so shit. we were like, hey, Dev, you want to slide? And he was like, yep, let's do it. So all three of us were like, all right, let's do it. Let's make no idle music, you know. It stands for, you know no idol like everybody is their own person everybody has something special you know to offer to the world especially as artists you know and i felt like we all felt like in the industry it's just like there's one kind of look you know there's like three people in the mainstream that get the attention and nobody else has a chance to like validate who they are you know as an artist and as a person and that's where the name comes from so it's like no idol music and we were we were feeling like that. So we were like, let's roll with that. Yeah, and it's like, kind of just like thinking back on it, we were really trying to like be, show everyone that it's very, it's really important to be yourself because at the end of the day, that's what the system is set up to destroy. It's, mm. it's supposed to like destroy your individuality. It's set up to take away that thing that makes you great. You know what I'm saying? And then it's, it turns you into something you're not because it makes you believe that you're supposed to be the next little wing because only only people like little you know mm -hmm. what i'm saying and and I, I just pick little wayne because he he is one of the legends you know shout out to him and but but it's like you know it's 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 not a bad thing to be yourself you know mm -hmm. and that was what we're trying to like you know establish yes for sure that's crazy that you guys are all like a family now then like literally, like literally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a family business. I mean, Roxy Snow, who's in Baltimore. I grew up in Baltimore, mm. so that's one of my childhood friends. So even she's a part of the family. So it's definitely a family gig. So what what brought you out here, Tuya? Well, I was born here. Mm. Um, and then, you know, when we were younger, we just had, you know, some struggles like, you know, with our family situation. So we moved to Baltimore to, to be taken care of by family out there when I was 11 and when Dev was seven. So he was there for a bit uh, and then came back up here and I stayed and then I came back as an adult. So I just been back for a couple of years now. But yeah, I spent more my formative years on the East Coast. Wow. So. Did you like, were you part of the music scene there also? Or did you wait till you got back here or? Um, definitely a part of the art scene there. Like I've always been an artist. I've always been, um, I started my life as a writer, mm. as a young child. Um, and then I moved into photography and then moved into film. So I was doing mostly like film, you know, I'm also a filmmaker. Wow. Um, yeah, so I started out my art world kind of more so in film and writing. and actually part of the documentary um, program at the Maryland Institute College of Art. They um, they gave 10 girls cameras. Oh, come on, girl. They gave 10 of us cameras and they kind of just like filmed us growing up. And that documentary is actually premiering on September 6th. So oh, wow. yeah, 
Yeah, it's like all of my little ugly moments and stuff. <laughs> That's awesome. The film. Yeah. What the heck? But the, I'm really, really a part of like the art community there. But I didn't really start doing music until I came here because, you know, I was kind of shy and everything. Mm-hmm. And I just had to get a little older and kind of find myself and that's kind of how I started to slightly, you know, just move, move into the music, start being more confident with it. And for like the last two years, I guess I've been working on my own music under the stage name Tweet. Wow. And you, you have a beautiful voice though, by the way. It's like, thank you so much. Yeah. I went through both I've your guys' working. catalogs and they're, they're amazing. Thank you. Swag. I appreciate, appreciate it. Yeah. Hey. So what's the difference between being like a collective and a group? Cause when Deb described it, it was more like you guys were like a, collective and then like when I think of a group like just off like the top of my head like an Aesop mob group they like they're always together on songs but you guys sometimes do solo things and sometimes you are like feature on a song or well um the difference for us I guess uh as like a no idol collective we're our own like individual artists but we're using each other as like a support group and a support system so like um like you heard from Twia, we're all like multi-potentialites. Like we all do different things. Like I produce music, I rap, I'm kind of dabbling in singing. I have like, you know, a bunch of music equipment. I play saxophone, like I draw um, and create like, uh, what's it called? Our logos and stuff, Mm -hmm. some of our logos. And she does the same thing. She creates logos, produces beats, she's a filmmaker you know and so what we do is we just get together and help each other produce our music together you know yeah, so and that's more of like the collective part like having like you know one collective goal you know and working together on that and like you know doing community projects and stuff like that together but the group part applies too because we do make music together mm-hmm. so it's kind of like when you do see anything that we do we do together so when there is like you know when there was in-person events and everything last year like if there's one of us there like the whole group rose there we kind of like are a unit in that sense but we are also like you know celebrating like our individual goals and stuff so we do do our solo projects um but that's kind of like where it is so we kind of we kind of operate like in two different realms where it's like we're making the projects together and we're making music together like you'll hear a lot of my beats on Dev's project or a lot of, you know, Pat featuring onto my songs or something like that. So a lot of the music is collaborative. Um, and then as the collective, we just, we support each other's projects, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely have heard your guys' background vocals on each person's song and everything like that. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's great. So St. Pat, how'd you get your name, St. Pat? And why did you just stylize it like that? Ah. Uh there's like layers to it so like so my name's patrick um that's like my government name and um thinking of like my stage name i went through a lot of like you know rap names like one of my last rap names before saint pat was like savage slim that's what i called myself and that was like when i was really young and i was like you know and i was like i was just trying to be hard and stuff you know you know rapper and stuff but I like, after I started realizing that, like, I really wanted to put myself more into what, like my art and who I am and my image of like who I, who I'm supposed to be, you know, I wanted to like leave a part of myself in the stage name. So like I came up with St. Pat and then I stylized it, the way, like I spelled it 
like that because I tried to be just like slightly different and I wanted it to be like short and simple. And the reason why there's like no spaces and periods because I wanted to like my name to model life, I guess, in this, in a way. Mm -hmm. So there's, there's no pauses or periods in life. Things just kind of keep going. So that's why it's just STP at. Mm -hmm. And then later on down the line, it became an acronym. And so like now it stands for speak truth, pay attention. Wow. That's dope. <laughs> Thank you. Like I, I just I was just trying to add layers and like because I, I my music is spiritual to me. Like mm -hmm. I, I like put a lot of my life journey into what I'm talking about and the things that I believe into my music and I'm trying to create a vibe and I want people to feel like who I am and like I'm trying to create that vibe off of who I am. So like every every chance I get to put another layer on who I am, I just I just take that chance. So like Yes. You always have to evolve as an artist. What I appreciate about your yeah. music also, it's like a it's almost like spoken word in some songs. Like it's a mixture. I like that a lot. Thank you. I I think that stems really from like my origin as an artist because I wasn't always a rapper. I started off as a poet. I was mm. just writing poetry. And like I spent, I, I started writing poetry when I was nine. Wow. And like, as I just got older, I, I didn't show anyone my poems until like one day, like my best friend asked if he could read some of my poems. So I, I let him read it and he was like, oh man, you should be a rapper, bro. <laughs> and I was like, Nah, nah, I, I would suck. I, I would suck at rapping. And then he like freestyled something, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, I want to do that with words, bro." So I just like started. I just became a rapper that day. Like honestly, like that's how it happened. Like, and then ever since then, I started you know picking up other parts of my my music musicianhood. Like I started playing saxophone, and then picked up beat making later on down the line the rest is history you know wow so what intrigued you to move here to seattle <laughs> um so i went to college in tuskegee university alabama yeah, yeah, yeah. and like i made it to alabama because i i, I grew up overseas and my mom felt like because I grew up overseas, I'm a military brat. Mm -hmm. So because my I grew up overseas, my mom felt like I should be around like my people. So I went to a HBCU mm -hmm. and there I met a rapper who graduated from Tuskegee and he moved up here and he was trying to start his own label up here. He asked me to be a part of the label, but I told him, no, I don't want to be a part of the label, but I want to like help you get your business established because I'm trying to like have my own label. So I would like love to see how it's how it's done before I do it, you know? So that's why I came up here to help homie. Then long story short, life happened. We ended up like separating. Um, I ended up like being homeless for a little bit of a time and yeah, then I went back to school um, up here. But like, long story short, like, that's how it happened. My friend moved up here. I moved back to Guam for a little bit and wow. then came to Seattle, you know, to just start my music career. And 
been yeah, here been here ever since, really. Wow, so you guys are both pretty cultured then. We've been moving I around. Mean, yeah, I, I've been, I've been all over. I've been all around all everywhere. Place, so. Dragged around. <laughs> so when it comes to your group, do you guys not need to outsource at all then? Because you guys know how to do everything or? Right, that's the main thing. Yeah, we do everything in-house, like uh, all the flyers, logos, videos. DIY. Um, the beats, like all my beats, I make all my beats or I get collaborate with him on the beats and vice versa. Um, and Pat's been engineering, so yeah, all the mixing, mastering, post-production stuff. The website, the photography is done by me, so pretty much, yeah. I don't think we've outsourced anything so far. Wow. I think Dev collaborates with different people sometimes, but as definitely us, it's all the two of us mm. doing everything. And Jen just dragging mm. Devin into it and getting him to do the group projects and stuff like that. Yeah, it's pretty much all in-house. Is there anything you guys have like been focusing on learning during this whole quarantine or? The equipment, like we, we brought a bunch of new equipment. So like learning about like how to mix, like on the mixing boards and stuff. It's not my forte, I'm not gonna lie. Like that kind of stuff is not, it's not for me. I had to learn the beat making out of spite, to be honest. I was like never thinking that I would like take the time so that stuff does not come naturally to me. So it's definitely mostly Pat learning it and then teaching it to me. But I guess you can talk about that. More. I mean, yeah, for me, um, the thing that I was focused on learning is like getting more in depth with the mixing and mastering process because I went to school for a little bit before the school shut down, Art Institute of Seattle. Mm. Um, um, I was like a sound production major. Wow. Um, so like they taught me the technology the DAWs and stuff and I work on FL Studio Same. so like I what I do is like I'm I'm a, a lot of my knowledge is self-taught um I did learn a lot from Art Institute of Seattle um so I'm grateful for that because that like opened yeah that opened my eyes to like how to use it more efficiently how to use my equipment more efficiently and then after that, that made me like aspire to get my own hardware because mm -hmm. I wanted to have like that analog sound because like people, although they don't, aren't aware of what they're listening to most of the time, like a lot of people like the analog sound more than the digital sound because it just sounds more authentic. Mm -hmm. And so that's like the thing I've been focused on learning about how to get that authentic sound and creating my own sound like, you know, Timberland and Missy Elliott and all the yeah. all the great producers, they came up with their own little vibe and that's that's what I'm trying to focus on. Yeah, because like, one thing I noticed like newer artists is they, they kind of stick to reverb or anything and then when, as they get more comfortable, sometimes they lean, lean away from it. But I think like, why don't you just start music without reverb? and just learn your voice right off the bat versus like someone telling you like two years down the road, oh, maybe you don't need reverb in the first place. It's just a whole mess yeah. in my opinion. <laughs> oh my goodness. I ran into some producers who was like claiming they was the best producers and then we give them something and then it's nothing but reverb. And I was like, oh my goodness, my bro. Ears, it's crazy, but like, I feel that. I feel that with, with my soul. It just, it just like lowers my room. opinions of people, kind of. <laughs> I'm not even trying to be rude about it, just. 
Yeah, and then it's like, it's just because like, it's one of those things where it's like, everybody's trying to be self-taught and it's like no shame to the self-taught people because I'm self-taught, you know? Mm -hmm. But it's like, you have to be aware of like what you're learning and why you're doing the things you're doing. And it's like, I, I've caught myself doing it like at the first, like when I first started researching, like at the very beginning of like my research career because i started researching at a young age a bunch of different random stuff and like when i first started researching stuff i would just like kind of just take a couple of videos and a couple of articles and if they kind of aligned with each other mm -hmm. not thinking that well there's two different sides to any story really you know what i'm saying and there's always going to be like the pros and cons and i wasn't thinking that in depth and that aspect of the research so like I would go out of my way now to research as many pe different people to see like the similarities and the differences of what they're saying and there you can kind of weed out the bs that way yeah. you know what I'm saying like because there's only going to be a handful of people that are telling you the right shit you know what I'm saying and like you can hear especially like being an engineer and a musician, you can hear the difference of like what's being done versus the other not so good stuff. So it's like, you just gotta do that research as well as the ear training comes along with the research. Cause I've listened to so much music. You have to listen. Yeah, you really have to listen to a lot of music. Yeah, yeah. it's crazy. It's almost like a, listening to a, like a motivational speaker. So they, they, see, they seem like they know what they're talking about but they have like no idea what they're actually talking about. Right. We yeah. Break it down. Yeah. And then it's like the, the more you listen to people like that, the more you're able to see, okay, he doesn't know what he's talking yes. about. <laughs> okay. You see that inflection in his voice? He's doing that to distract us. Like, mm -hmm. Yeah. I'd be honest. <laughs> yeah. So Tweet, when it comes to like film, my previous guest, Astro Fame, that was like a week ago. She was saying that when it comes to like bigger film projects, a lot of things aren't shot in Seattle because of the taxes. What are your opinions on all that? Um, I, you know, I'm not really familiar with that because most of the things that I do is more so like experimental or like documentary. Mm -hmm. um, I know that um, like with the Northwest Film Project and stuff like that, they like try to like help offset a lot of that. But I, I have heard that like as far as because um, they really do a lot with the permits and stuff here. Um, they make it kind of difficult. You have to have like the bang to shoot like narrative type stuff, like especially like in the big parts of Seattle, like the inner parts. Mm -hmm. So yeah, but I don't really do too much with the narrative. So it's mostly documentary. So, you know, you can kind of slide. You really have to pay. Yeah. <laughs> you really have to pay for like documentary style stuff. Um, you just kind of like slide in there discreetly with a small enough camera. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of where I'm at. I'm with the, still with the DIY, with the, you know, undercover kind of film work. Yeah. So what is your advice when it comes to, like, cameras? Because I know some photographers and videographers, they know every single camera. And, like, they, it's like it's like when, like, for me, the first thing I notice on someone is honestly, like, their shoes. Because I have, like, a huge shoe collection. And then, like, mm -hmm. videographers, photographers, the first thing they notice is, like, oh, so what type of camera do you have? Oh, I have this camera. Right. Are you kind of like that person also, or...? I mean, I'm partial to Canons. Like I've, that, but that's just because that's what I was like raised, like raised using. Like I have a Canon 70D, and it's just because the photography is like so beautiful on that camera, but also the video too. It's for somebody who is like just starting out or is still kind of like a 
like a DIY kind of person and you just need like a starter, you know, something that's like powerful enough to shoot like really good video and photography, like that Canon, the 70D or even the 60D if it's, you know, but a 70D is like, you know, that's where it's at. Mm. That's what I started shooting on and that's the one that I have, but um, I think most of the documentary work, especially in the film, like if you get a chance to see it, I'll send you the link. Yes, I uh, The documentary that. that we've been filming since we were like 12, like most of that work is, was done on like Sony HDs. Wow. But I, I just do not like Nikon, hmm. so maybe I'm snobby. <laughs> I don't like them. Yeah, I want to start- I don't think they're like user friendly. Yeah, like there's a, um, even when it comes to like software sometimes, like I've been using DaVinci Resolve for like film editing. And like the, the learning curve is huge. So I feel like the same thing. Yeah, like the I, I just, product. Uh, yeah, I'm so I don't know if I'm just like lazy or what, but I just I don't like it has to be like user friendly. I'm not the kind of person who's like super tech snobby. So it's like I'm not about to go in and like change all the settings and like want to be able to do all of that. Like if I have to like do all that, I'm like this is not as good as a product as something where it's more like drag and drop and like anybody can learn how to do it. I feel like that's more useful for me so i don't know we learned on final cut before mm. people started hating on it yeah. <laughs> so mostly like premiere and i think I, I forget the name of the new one that they've been teaching in the film schools because i guess now apparently premiere is about to get snade so oh, wow. we'll see what they do yeah there's like a new a new program that they've been like rolling out to all like the, the freshmen like film students and stuff mm. So I think Premiere, they're about to like start hating on Premiere now. So yeah. I'm like, I mean, maybe I'll just be one of them old heads who just like, you need that final cut. Like, I don't know. <laughs> Dude, it's crazy how expensive freaking software is though. It, whether it's Seriously. like Apple Studio or anything, they like, the prices are insane. Yeah, they be taxing, but that's why I appreciate Adobe, what they do. You know, I feel like, you know, they're kind of more like community oriented in that way because you don't have to get the whole product you know you don't need to buy the whole software for eight hundred dollars you know you can pay monthly for that so that's what i appreciate i just appreciate adobe because they be making it work mm -hmm. seriously <laughs> i just looked up the fl20 it's like three hundred dollars like, yeah oh my gosh. i bought it because i need it but like i'm like holy right. shit. seriously <laughs> right oh my gosh see man that's why i'm like mm. Just started yeah. learning how to produce because I was like, mm, I don't know about that. I'm just be sticking to these films. <laughs> Pay my little ten dollars a month for my Adobe suite. Mm -hmm. So tell me more about this documentary. How do you, so? You said you started filming it when you were twelve. Yeah, when I was twelve. Um, so basically, out of Maryland Institute College of Art, um, there is a big film pro film making program there. Um, and just long story short, the name of the documentary is called Anatomy of Wings because the name of the program that we did after school from, you know, through middle school, high school, and a little bit after that um, was called Finding Your Wings. So there was 10 girls uh, growing up in Baltimore, East and West, and um, they pretty much just gave us a camera. We were meeting as a group, just like as the girls, you know, after school program, and it just turned into more of like a radical space of like, you know, uh, we talked a lot about, you know, who we are as people. Um, it was a big group. It transcended like race lines and Baltimore is really segregated. Mm. So it was kind of like a big deal at the time to have like, you know, students who were going to the school who are, you know, like mostly white students and interacting with like these urban, like inner city girls who, you know, we hadn't interacted with the college at all, which is weird because it's like in the middle of the city. Um, so it was just a big, it kind of created a big discussion about like, you know, privilege and 
um, you know, art in the spaces that exist in a city like Baltimore, where, you know, having accessibility to that, like the, the actual citizens of the city have an accessibility to that space. Um, so we kind of brought our little selves in there with our cameras and just kind of started filming our lives. And the story just unfolds. It just, we grow up along the course. So you see all my little, you know, ugly preteen moments and stuff. But, <laughs> but it just really comes out as like, you know, a story of like, you know, radical acceptance and like being seen and heard and how do you like expand a person into their whole self. So it kind of just, you know, it's, it's like a mentorship model, but it's also just a story, you know? Mm. It's a story about 10 girls growing up in the city and our mentors and they became our family. And what can you learn from other people when you give them, you know, the validation and you validate people for who they are. And I think it's just, it's crazy watching it now that No Idol is kind of like coming up and doing our thing because it really does show like how like that group kind of shaped like the mission of No Idol music too. Like and who I am as a person, you know, with the world is yours always. It's like, I never really noticed like how that group really affected me, but I think it, it really shaped a lot of my ideologies. And so you guys to watch it. It's premiering at the Black Film Supremacy Film Festival. Ooh. So we're really excited. It's the festival's closer. So it's really special. Wow. Um, we're closing the festival on Sunday, September 6th. We just got our times and be, uh, I think it's 5 p.m. So that's 8 p.m. Eastern time. So it's 5 p.m. This Yeah, 5 p.m. West Coast time. Mm. Um, and y'all can find more info. I'll be posting it on my web on my website, and I'll post it on my Instagram, which is at Tweet Music. So when did they um, when did so they yeah. stop? Uh, like when did you guys stop recording it? Like how old were you when you? I think the last shoot that they did of me, they have they flew to Seattle to see me and what I was doing with my life now, and I was like twenty one. So I think they filmed from twelve to twenty one, twelve to twenty one, twenty two. Wow. Yeah, so it's like my whole like you. It's like your whole life in an hour. It's really crazy to watch. Damn. <laughs> So are they are you gonna are they streaming it or how are you gonna be able to watch it if you're not in Baltimore? Or it's gonna be virtual. Okay. Yep. So they're gonna stream it online. So I think Thursday is when you can like get on and like get tickets and stuff like that. So. Mm. Yep. And I'm gonna post up the info as soon as they give it to me. I was so excited to announce it. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I'm just so dope. Like it's the Black Film Supremacy Festival. Like where else the better place for us to premiere? You know. Mm -hmm. Do you guys go to any of the Seattle film festivals they have around here, or? Do you... I've been looking at some of the virtual ones. I've been missing them just mm -hmm. because you know we just had the baby, and I'm always like putting stuff on the calendar and looking at it the next day, like, oh, that was yesterday. Wow. <laughs> They've been doing most of them online around here too. It's crazy how like the Rona has like transformed everything, but it feels like you can attend way more things now though at the same time. So it's like. Mm. So how do, you, how do you guys think your new child's gonna affect your music? Do you think it's gonna help you guys grow? Or love to hear both you guys' opinion on that. Um, totally, totally gonna help us grow, definitely. Cause I feel like it's going to make me personally more in tune with my music only because like, I, I really want her to be like a musician uh, and, um, and not necessarily just a musician, but I want her to, be able to like express herself and i feel like the only way you know you can teach somebody how to express themselves is by doing it in front of them expressing yourself in front of them all the time mm -hmm. you know so like 
every time I get the chance when she's awake, like she's in the studio with me and like laying there watching me mix and master. And the other day she's she really was, alert and like nosy. So <laughs> yeah, the other day she was recording some some music and like she was listening to to her sing in the microphone. So you know, you know, it definitely makes you think about think more about the legacy you know like I think as artists like that's what we think about all the time anyway like what am I leaving behind you know like what am I putting in the world that's going to be there always and I think having her just makes me think about that a lot more because it's like anytime I'm making a project I'm like I'm she's going to hear it and I want her to you know think about the time that it was that we made it and you know what it meant to us as artists and who we are right now and like not just as her parents but as who we are you know because I think people don't really realize or think about their parents as people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think, you know, like you think, yeah. you know, your parents are your parents, but you never really interact with them as like themselves. Like, you know, you interact with them as like mom or dad. So I want her to be able to get to know us more as who we are, you know, through our music and stuff. So I, I think it makes me think about that a lot more, like putting myself into my music and my art more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Like lyric wise, I don't really think you guys are that vulgar either. Like you guys, I like, I really appreciate your lyrics also. It's, it's not like squeaky clean, but like it fits, you know? Woo, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> well, I can... try to get the themes across, you know, but I want everybody to be able to hear it. I don't want to, you know, I'm not like that much of like, I mean, I'm, I'm a blunt person, like a bold person, but I'm, I'm kind of like an introvert too. So I don't want to make anything where it's like awk to play. Like, like Cardi B's new song, Walk. Have you guys heard that song? Right. <laughs> Oh yeah, definitely. Right, like that's that's they can do their thing, you know what I'm saying? More power to them, but it's not me. Like I'll be like just feeling up. I don't want to be able to like I want everybody to blast it. I want them to blast it at the community center. I want them to be able to blast it, you know, to their grandma, like without me feeling up. That's all I want to do. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. <laughs> definitely. I'm just like, For me, it's like it's like a line that I, I I like I'm constantly aware of on honestly, because it's like uh, especially with the new music I'm releasing, it's like politically charged and racially charged music, you know? And it's like a statement. And and I don't use like curse words all too much, but here and there I'll like use, like I'll just drop one here and there, especially like in, in those songs. And I did it like purposely because I want people to like be aware of the the raw emotion that I'm feeling like right. and like because it, it is like one thing because when I was younger as a rapper I tried to like be more mainstream I guess in a way by like writing things that I think people would like you know because I wanted people to like it so I would rap about everything that rappers would rap about you know what i'm saying you know what i'm saying but then it was like i didn't like rapping like that so i ended up changing it and like the the music that i've released is like fits more of my personality but when i first started like rapping in front of people i was super vulgar Mm. you know what i'm saying looking back on it like you wouldn't even think that i was like that kind of person but like you know what i'm saying but we all like have like our growth periods and everything yeah it's like you don't want to sense yourself but you want to be intentional too you know yeah and that's that's what that's and for lack of better explanation that's what i was trying to say you know not trying to censor myself like especially when in the moments where i need not to be censored you know but be authentic at the same time like for sure 
Do you guys ever butt heads uh, artistically? Um, I butt, butt heads. I guess like you know, I'm very like, I'm the ear of the group. I think. And, you know, I'm also a Sagittarius, you know, so it's like, you know, it's just going to come out. I'll be letting everybody know, you know, <laughs> y'all can let me know, you know, but I, you know, sometimes, you know, it's just not it for me and I got to let them know. Or sometimes I'm letting somebody know, you know, I heard something that was a little off key or I heard something that was a little off pitch. You know, I was a choir student, so I'm like, I heard something, <laughs> I heard something. Everybody's annoyed because they're like, I got to sing it again. I'm like, sing it again. We got to remix it again because I heard something like... <laughs> Yeah. I don't know. That's just me. Like I'm, I'm just like always like, I'm nit, I'm the nitpicker. But I think it's for the better. Good. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I don't. Mm. <laughs> I'm like I don't know what you meant by that line, and they just get mad. Yeah. Like, I mean, I don't. I would just. Uh, yeah. I get annoyed sometimes. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Like so. Like if you ever heard Afro knots, mm. um, that's like a lot of people's like favorite song when we be performing it. And like when I first wrote that verse, she didn't like the verse. Mm. She didn't like the verse. And like it made me feel some sort of way. And I was like, you didn't like the verse? This shit fire. Bro, this yeah, shit I was fire. Like, I was like, it's not me. I didn't yeah, yeah. then she was like, it's not me. Like and it's not good. So then I was like, <laughs> you know what? I don't even care. I'm gonna rap this verse because I know in my heart and soul that it's fire. And, and then, then like after it was actually on the track, I was like, hold on, it's kind of fire. <laughs> yeah, you know, she had to hear it back real quick. And she was like, damn, did you just say that? Shit, that's fire. And I was like, I know. She was trying to get me to change it. <laughs> but you got to, you got to have those people around, you know, because sometimes, you know, if looking over it again is all you need to get that extra little, you know, juice, you know, that extra little spark. And then Definitely. sometimes I'm not right. It is what it is, you know? Wow. So with your with your guys' studio, is it in-house or do you guys have to travel somewhere or? It is in-house. In-house. It's right over there in the, in the other room. Wow. <laughs> and it's so great because, you know, I work better in the middle of the night. Like I'm like a night owl, so that just works out so good for me because, you know, ain't nobody got time to be traveling and then you got to stick to people's hours and, you know, it's hours, you know, so we don't have to pay hourly or nothing like that. We can just go in there and, like, take as much time as we need and come back to it in the middle of the night or something. So it's really nice. Mm. It was a great investment. Seriously, I invested a lot of time, effort, and money into that studio. And it was like... I was so proud of it too, because like ever since I was 17, I had my own studio Mm -hmm. and like my first studio was my, like my laptop, like uh, what was it called? The the hotspot, the hotspot (laughs) box. It was a laptop, a hotspot box, a two by two interface and a garage band mic. <laughs> I used to sing onto the laptop microphone. You know how the laptop oh, got the built in mic? I used to sing on that oh, and Audacity and like mix it. It was kind of good though at the same time. I was like, hey, but then I was like, you know, I can't be singing. Like, I have some old tracks that I saved so I can remember how I used to pick up yeah. the laptop and like sing into it. Wow. My, my, first, my <laughs> first project that I released was mixed. On Audacity. On the Guitar so, like, Hero microphone. It was, yeah, it was on the Guitar Hero microphone mixed on Audacity, bro. Like, <laughs> wow. That's that DIY life, though. Yeah. That's where you come up from. That's how you learn. That's crazy. Yeah. Holding it up to your face. That's so funny. 
So what does Dev do? You should hear Man, you should hear the stuff that she was recording. It was all acapella. She had like eight, like, nine, ten, eleven layers. Because I was her too just, lazy. Just I was too lazy to learn how to produce the beats, mm -hmm. you know. So I was like, let me just sing acapella. So I would like sing all the harmonies in the background and like beatbox and stuff to like make the songs. So I was like, I'm gonna make the song, but I'm not gonna take the time to learn how to make the beat. Mm. So I, but I used to make the beat. Like I used to use my voice as the instrument for show. Like, that's, that's so funny. <laughs> Wow. I spent hours doing that. Does Dev come to your guys' studio or does he have his own studio also? Or how does that work? Well, we just got ours, so he mm. hasn't sang in it yet. Ooh. So we shall see. Yeah, coming up, he'll be able to come use ours. I think he's just been like collaborating, you know, with like local studios and mm -hmm. stuff. Yeah, because yeah, we had just recently moved here, but when we were in the other place, um, I'm not he, sure. He like he recorded like two or three a couple of songs on his project yeah. at the old like little studio setup that we had where we recorded our projects. Mm -hmm. We had like a little studio setup, but we just like upgraded everything. Yeah. So it's about to be. And he ain't uh, he ain't saying I'm upgraded for it. Oh yet, shit. So. Like definitely stay tuned. Like we have a new like like a series concert series that we're doing mm -hmm. called Afronauts Lounge, wow. and it's like gonna be like hosted by me and we're gonna have it once a month online mm -hmm. and all of that we're trying to do like a new song every month or something crazy like a challenge for ourselves to like you know put out some new music or like a remix or a collab or something and it's gonna be recorded in-house all in-house so you'll get a chance to hear what we're working with in the studio wow. and watch the skills glow up because it's still a learning process you know so the hope is that every month like it sounds better and better mm -hmm. Do you guys know who the Marshall Law Band is? Yeah, yeah. we do. Mm -hmm. So they have this they have this live stream called The Cure on Facebook and they like created like their own little like commercials and stuff and I thought that was so cool. Like Yep, see. Oh see. I'm the same but I was thinking about <laughs> doing the same thing too. Like <laughs> Yeah, we love them. Marshall's super cool. Like we've had a chance to cross paths with them a couple of times. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking about, I want to like somehow start doing like skits or collaborations with people in that way, like making like little movies. Like I already got some photo shoot lights, I got a green screen, invest into some more things. But I feel like that would be cool. Like there's so many ways to collaborate people besides just musically, you know? Right. Yeah, and that's something that we like definitely learned over the period of like establishing who we are as no idol music because product placement is key boy that's where it is at and it's uh, like interdisciplinary you know and the interdisciplinary <laughs> skill set is what people like you know like we all make a video go viral if it's a good song and a dope video but it takes hella people to make the video mm -hmm. and hella people to make the actual song the beats mixing mastering all that stuff so it's like we had to rethink how we were collabing with people. Mm -hmm. you know? So that was a def definitely a learning process. But Dude, I get so much, so much inspiration from Adult Swim. That channel is so nuts. Oh yeah, definitely. I, I like the little, it's funny because like, even how they like product place th themselves, like the, uh, the stream commercial that they do, yes. where it's just the actual <laughs> stream. Like, and I'm like, because I, I never know, like one day I just randomly just decided to analyze it. And I was like, what's going on? Why do they keep doing that? Yeah. And then like, it says like, stream us. And then yeah. like, it'll be Adult Swim somewhere. And, and I was like, like, box thing. These guys, 
was like, Dude. these guys, they're they're good. Like, yeah. And it's just funny. Yeah, if you stay up late enough, they have like these fake infomercials they put on, and it's, it'll like it'll be like very serious, and then they'll start talking about how like they eat babies and stuff, and I'll be like, what the heck just happened? And you can, like you're like, okay, yeah. this is a fake commercial now, and it's so fucking funny. <laughs> yeah, and then and then like you know Childish Gambino when he was like making his ATL and stuff, mm-hmm. like he was coming out with his own commercials in between, like as the episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In yeah. the ATL, like there was, and I thought that was very creative. Like there was a whole episode where it had the commercials built yes. into the. I was like, ah. Or Tropic. Have you seen Tropic Thunder? Yeah. Dude, the, those commercials, <laughs> be, those previews at the beginning were so freaking funny. So is there any advice that you guys have for like people who want to create their own studio? Because I feel like there's a lot of work that goes into it. Like when I like a month or two ago, I was thinking because I like I said, I'm recording in my freaking guest bedroom right now with, for my podcast. And I was like thinking about like soundproofing it. And I did like, a lot of research because I thought that those like black foam squares you have count like they can mm-hmm. buy or like it sound, counts as soundproofing but that's not actually soundproofing it just like helps the vocals bounce off better or something like that or like the egg carton yeah thing. there's yeah there's like a difference between like soundproofing and acoustic paneling mm-hmm. and like i got that confused too not gonna lie um but like soundproofing is what it is it's like you you put the pads on the walls so people outside of the room won't be able to hear what's going on inside of the room Mm. you know but acoustic paneling is uh and acoustic absorption that's what like the music studios and music uh music booths and stuff they have on the walls because it absorbs the frequency so it doesn't bounce back the reflections because the reflections are also recorded picked up by the microphone mm. and like i'm kind of nerdy so i can go like all day with like yes. sound and stuff but like that's basically what it is like it's to prevent the reflections from coming back and being picked up by the microphone so you can just pick up the source sound mm. because the reflections create more reverb and more bass mm-hmm. than you want it and yeah creates other issues phasing issues and shit. also with the mic too because remember you did a bunch of research like on the mics and stuff and it's like if you're going to be doing starting your studio mostly to record other people i guess there's like a different process you go about selecting the mic but i think doing a lot of research about your own voice like um like me since i'm a vocalist like there is certain you know there is a certain voice type that i have that sounds better with a certain kind of mic oh, versus wow. like a different kind of mic so we had to kind of think about like I'm a like a lyric mezzo soprano, but Devin is like a bass. So it's like if we're gonna if we're gonna have Dev too, you know, oh, like in the studio, like what kind of mic would work for both his voice and my voice? Because it's like we have very different voices. So thinking about that too, like what you're gonna actually be doing in your studio. Yeah, and like just a, a little tidbit on that microphones that that's very important because it's like there is a microphone for anything basically, mm-hmm. and it's like it doesn't matter like how cheap it is like yeah but there is quality advantages for spending that money that's always like a good investment but like what she was saying like as a rapper i wouldn't i could use the like the same microphone because we use the same microphone like 
for everything and because that was like the best microphone for what we were using but there are like mics that are specifically made for like rapper mm -hmm. vocals you know what i'm saying and then there are mics that are specifically made for r&b vocals yeah, I didn't and know that. like I rock and roll okay. vocals and stuff and it's like they pick up different frequencies in your voice because it has a dip like because you know rock and roll has a signature sound yeah. and rap has a signature sound yes. and that's like what you're using or what you're doing when you pick the microphones you're like picking that sound mm -hmm. to record so it's like a different way to warp your voice and change it and pick up the different frequencies because if you wanted to you can use an r&b mic to rap on mm -hmm. depending on how you she wanted it to sound, sound. Yes. like you know what i'm saying and that's where you get your sound from like different little stuff like that yes dude microphones yeah. vary so much i was um because i like focus on like podcasting mics and i was um researching like the mics that joe rogan uses dude each mm -hmm. mic he has like i can i think he could fit up to like seven people or something in his like studio and like each mic yeah. i looked up they're like 300 dollars each i'm like holy Ooh. shit they're crazy expensive because yeah. like oh, there's so yeah. many and then there's like so many like nuanced ones and yeah it's a lot it's just a lot mm -hmm. yeah and then there are that microphones the that are based on studio. yeah they're like there are microphones that are like three thousand four thousand dollars that are based on super old microphones that old people like you know like I don't want to call them old, but Stevie Wonder, you know, experienced people like Stevie Wonder and sang on thousands of times. They like, mm. that's why they're so expensive because they try to recreate the sound of that one microphone. Wow. I yeah, get that. It's crazy. Yeah, but it also like, people sometimes feel like if they have like the best products, that's going to make them a good musician. You have to actually be a good musician too, you know? Yeah. And then it's like, you have to figure out like your strengths and weaknesses because that's another thing that I would suggest, like especially going into like getting your equipment, like your strengths and weaknesses and your voice and like the things that you like in your sound that makes a difference in every piece of equipment that you get. Cause I was looking up like compressors and stuff and different mixers and each mixer has its own signature sound mm -hmm. and they work differently with other different pieces of equipment. So that's something you got to keep in mind too. Yeah, or, or just get yourself a St. Pat because. Oh yeah. I ain't gonna do all that. <laughs> Dude, I ain't gonna do all that. You guys could literally be like music tutors for people. You could do that during freaking quarantine. Just be like. Right, exactly, yeah. Wrong, you could do like the composition or something. Yeah. And you can do all the like production start a little online you know how they be like bugging with those little online classes like take my course today yes. that's gonna be that's, that's, that's <laughs> have 1-800 <laughs> on the Facebook ad <laughs> yeah dude that's I love how you guys like went to school for what you guys want to do though like that like school is not for everyone but when you have when you're able to find what your passion is and then go to school for that you save money yes. but also like you know that you're, it's like an actual investment versus going to school. Oh, you yeah. save time because like, that's the one thing like I would say, like anybody listening, like if you're like, you know, I don't want to go to school, school is a waste of time or something, or it's just like, you know, it's a lot of money. And I'm like a musician, like the best thing I could have did for myself was go to art school. Like I did attend Maryland Institute College of Art for, I went for one year before mm -hmm. I came up here. And that's the best thing I could have done because like not only is and an opportunity to like, you know, you're going to get a degree or something, but even if you don't finish, like if you go, 
you're giving yourself access to like things that you probably can't afford to have access to. Like I was, I had my hands on 10, $15,000 cameras. Mm. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like you get access to the professors, you can learn whatever you need to learn. Like you building your network, you know, like that's the main thing that you get from going to school. Like, even if you're not, you know, you have to take the foundational classes. Like I was a film major, but I had to take drawing. I had to take sculpture, all the other like stuff that I thought was a bunch of bullshit. But I worked in the video cage. So like, I was like messing around with all kinds of cameras, like things that I would have never like had access to. So I think the main thing with college is like accessibility, especially when you're coming from like, you know, the inner city or you coming from like a lower income, you coming from these places where you don't have access to that kind of stuff, like those resources and access to like those professors. Like that's what you're going to school for. That's what you're paying for. So. Mm -hmm that's like one way to look at it. That's what I've been telling like, you know, all the students that I've worked with and stuff like go, so you can get your foot in, so you can learn the basics at least, so you can get access to that equipment, like those studios, like that's what you need. Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah. So how do you guys mm -hmm. promote your music? Like, do you guys make sure you're connecting with the Seattle music scene and going to concerts and everything like that? Or how do you guys go about it? Um, For me, uh. Well, recently we actually like laid down this little template, this little outline for how we're about to promote our stuff. You know what I'm saying? So um, like we're trying to like uh, take a step back and start promoting a couple of, or like a month and a half out mm -hmm. before we actually release it. And that's like a technique that we're trying to like implement with our future uh, projects because we we've, for me personally, I would record some stuff, get it mixed and mastered, and when I feel like it's right, I would drop that piece. Like and I'd be it. like, you know what? Hey, hey I just, just dropped drop. some shit. Just go <laughs> listen to it. It's fire, you know? And it's like doing all of that promo after the fact, it's kind of unmotivating for me because I like to make new stuff, mm. you right, know? You so, it, like, you move on to else. so once I drop it, I'm like, okay, here, go listen to it. I'm gonna Bye. go back into the cave, peace. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, so like me realizing that about myself and not liking to promote too much after the fact, now like I, I'm trying to focus on promoting before the fact wow. because now it's like a thing that's about to come out. Mm. So be prepared, you know what I'm saying? And that allows me to like really strategically use like the marketing and advertising skills that we've been researching like in different ways, you know, because after the fact, it's already old, you know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, and just figuring it out how to actually like promote it. Like, I don't know, like I'm an introvert, a little bit of an extroverted introvert, but very much an introvert. So like social media has like not been the place, but you know, everybody's on and like, we got to figure out like how, that's why we're doing this online concert thing. Cause it's like, you know, trying to figure out how to like connect with people, like not in person has been like that's what's been a challenge for me because i think in person like i'm cool you know but like i don't really post so much like online so trying to figure out now definitely during rona like how to promote to people and like connect with people mm -hmm. like trying to find like you know virtual open mics like places for us to show up at wow. i think has been like the main thing yeah but before rona like just to like specifically answer the question that was asked like when i would promote i would go out to open mics and perform open everywhere mics. you know mm -hmm. that would be like the main thing for me because i felt i feel as though open mics is the place that you can go and 
be around people like you, music lovers, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Because anywhere else, you know, anywhere else is like a hit or miss kind of thing. Like you have to go to open mics, concerts and places where only music lovers would go. Yes. You know, because <laughs> like I, I've even tried, you know, going on the streets and like slinging some stuff before and like that's that's well and good and you can get make some profit off of that. but. It feels awkward for me because I feel like people are going somewhere yeah. and I feel like people are doing something and I yeah. feel like I'm interrupting their life, it's you not know, the purpose. you know, and that's, that's the only downside of being out in front of people during the day. That's it works for some people, but you gotta be a shark. Yeah. yeah you gotta be like, you gotta be hey, like whoop, here's the album. Hey, like, so I heard <laughs> you don't like music. Well, you ain't heard the right music. Check this out. <laughs> oh so yeah. where do you recommend people go if they want to find all these like open mics? Well, currently you can't go to open mics, but like beforehand, where would you guys go to find open mics? I've been searching the hashtags, like hashtag open mic, like Seattle, because mm. people post like themselves at the open mics and stuff. Like they'll post on their Instagram or something like, hey, I was at hashtag this open mic or whatever. Mm. And so that's how I kind of like slooped on other people's posts and seeing where they was going so I could go. Wow. Yeah, and I would look up like um, online, uh, it's like Seattle Times or something like the Seattle. The Stranger. The Stranger, like, yeah, yes, the, the Stranger. Um, yeah, they they would post like the the events on the Stranger and stuff, and so I would, and they do it online too, because you know it's twenty twenty out here, everything digital. <laughs> barely. Um, but like I would get barely, but like I would go on Google. I would go on Google and basically like research the stranger and like music festivals, music events, like open mics and stuff. And then it would pull up a schedule of a bunch of open mics and the events and when they're going to be. And if they're weekly, it'd be on the schedule. And like, honestly, when I first started it out, I would like have a whole monthly schedule of open mics and like kind of just pick pick which one I wanted to go to mm -hmm. based on like this weekly yeah. or try to commit to like you know? being in the same place at the same time consistently so people kind of like know where they can like find you and like connect with you yeah it's nuts that we can't do that anymore right now that is so yeah I don't even know what to do yeah it's like this I, is... I took it for granted especially Everyone being did. like a, a in the house person like I was an in the house person so I'll skip stuff a lot. I took it for granted. I so like miss it a lot more than I thought I would. Yeah. yeah now you got to get creative with uh, like your online presence because it's like your online presence is your only you presence now. now. Yeah. Yeah. You're gonna see who's been working during this quarantine versus the people who haven't because there's gonna be some people yeah, coming out of this real. whole thing, way better artists than they were before. It's it's a whole nother level. It's, it's, oh my goodness and i'm so ready i am so ready people are not ready bro. <laughs> i'm really excited too to like just drop this new music and stuff like yes yeah, man. so on this for this online concert is it gonna be like streaming it or are you gonna like record it and then put it up like and then say it's online or how are you guys going about doing it well we're we really want to get back like that live experience so it's gonna be live so we're gonna be like streaming live um, from all the platforms, so from Facebook Live and Instagram Live. Mm. So it's gonna be like a live kind of concert experience. We're working out how the little, you know, how we wanna go about like the actual, like, I guess like flow of the event, but it'll be like a 15 minute kind of online concert. So it's gonna be all three of us and maybe Roxy. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, we're gonna be kind of just it's gonna be like an IGTV kind of stream, you know. 
Yeah. Get some lights to get some little, you know, little experience going, get a little energy, yeah. a, a little, little space, vibe. right? A little vibe. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, how about you guys tell me a little bit about, like, because you guys both released two little projects during this, I'm guessing during the quarantine. It says 2020, and freaking this coronavirus started like the beginning of it. So, I'm guessing you guys dropped yeah. it during this, or when did you guys drop your projects? Well, my last project I dropped last year, and then I dropped a single, mm. but Pat dropped a project called Grab Hits that we kind of collaborated on, and we dropped that, like, right when we're on the hit, like, right at the beginning. Yeah, because, yeah, because I, I didn't, honestly didn't think it was going to, like, be this long, and I, I was, like, I was trying to, like, drop it in hopes that people were going to be in-house just, like, listening to and the smoking. vibes, you know, and smoking and stuff, and then, like, like a month later come out and like give them some hard copies mm. of it like you know do something like that but like yeah it's called grab hits it's a four song ep and two of the beats i made and two of the beats she made and the two beats she made she's featuring on and i mixed and mastered the whole thing i came up with the cover art and she assisted me with the graphic the cover design art. cover art design mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, All In House, Swag Swag, no yeah, other music two, uh, I produced the beats for Omayam High and for Raisin Bake. Mm -hmm. And that's my first time, you know, making a beat for somebody other than me. So I was real hyped. Wow. I think they're a vibe, you know? Yeah, they, they go pretty hard. They go pretty hard. <laughs> and your, and Tuya, your newest song is, is the one with Dev, right? Um, my newest song is called Honeybee, but I'm actually mm -hmm. releasing on, um, on the weekend that the documentary premieres okay. because my two songs, two of my songs are in the film actually. Oh wow. So that's like really exciting. So I have a song called Rain and a song called Float and both of those I'm gonna be releasing. So that's about to be like really crazy. But I had a song called Honeybee that's like, you know, like a little hip hop vibe. And that's the most recently released one. So mm -hmm. that one you can only hear it right now on the website. It hasn't gotten up on the platforms yet. That's dope. So on one of Dev's latest singles, it says like September 14th on it. Is that like a date that we should look forward to or what's going on with that one? You know, I don't know. You know, Dev is a mystery. He'd be doing little sneak stuff and then like dropping a song like, hey, I'm about to drop a song, y'all. We'd be like, dang, like you didn't even let nobody know. Wow. <laughs> so he'd be like, he's kind of like a just like one of those artists that just gets inspired and then he just like rolls with it. Mm. And we just catching up with him all the time, so. You'll have to ask him about that. And I, yeah, I love all what all you guys do musically. Like your music's amazing, and when you guys come together, it's always amazing. It's I really enjoy your music, so I'm, I'm happy I was able to sit down with you guys, whether it's virtual or not. And, Thank you so much, yeah. man. That makes me feel <laughs> that. seriously, man. Yes. So, what is some advice that you guys both have for up and coming artists, creators, influencers? Start with you, Tuya. Um, I would say just take the time to sit down and figure out who you are as an artist, like um, beyond like what you want to call your stage name, all of that is kind of like surface level stuff, like what kind of clothes you're going to wear and stuff, but just figure out like who are you as an artist and what are you trying to put into the world, you know? And then when you decide what that is, like stick to that, you know? Um, I think that's kind of my model, right? Like as the world is yours always, like you get to say and you get to create that. So just like stick to that and commit to that and then like you know really be authentic to who you are and be be 
courageous enough to like be who you are there's always going to seem like there's like another artist that's better than you or more people like them online or they have like a lot of instagram posts or you know what i'm saying like more people seem to like be feeling their vibe but there's fans out there for everybody i've heard so many different kind of genres and subgenres of music like you know your fans are out there the people who are on your vibe are out there so just like stay true to yourself and you know just do your thing yes <laughs> um for me uh my advice to piggyback off what she was saying um off being yourself but invest in yourself because i think a lot of people don't really know what investing in your in yourself really is and what it feels like um and it took me a while because i thought i was investing in myself by hanging around like people who like were getting their own equipment and I was like helping them buy their equipment, you know what I'm saying? Cause I'm investing in myself, you know, those are my homies, you know what I'm saying? So they gonna help me out at the end of the day. But then it's like, you know, you can't expect people to do really anything for you and you can't depend on anyone them out to take here, your you know what I'm saying? More yeah, you have to take your, you have to take your career and the most important above everyone else's career cause no one else is going to do it. Mm -hmm. and like with that said, like invest in yourself, go out. If you're a recording artist, make sure you know everything about recording and everything about your voice and the microphone you're using so you have something to bring to the table just in case you can't make these, you know what I'm saying? Because I think that's something, just to close it out, that's something that I was like having trouble with because I felt uncomfortable being with producers and just being a rapper, mm. you know, not to say that just being a rapper you know what i'm saying because rapping is a whole art within itself but i i just felt uncomfortable because it was too easy for them to take control of yeah. my art you and know the language right the language to make sure that it sounds like sounds like you yeah and so yeah. that that's why i say invest in yourself and make sure you know what you're bringing to the table mm -hmm. because then you will be able to like put your all into it you know and be able to have ownership on that you know yes it's like when you need to get your car fixed or something and they're always like oh actually this is wrong with your car too and you're like oh maybe it right. is because i have no idea what this is part exactly. of my car it's, it's they exactly tax you. They and they tax you. you for that not knowing bro yes Boy. oh my god <laughs> so like see if you have a car know the car that you have you don't have to be the best car mechanic but know your you know, car know your car and know what your car has yes you know <laughs> bam for sure. Well, I really appreciate you guys. I end the podcast. Oh, first, actually, what is the easiest way for people to reach you? Um, you can reach us on Instagram at No Idol Music. Um, you can reach me personally at Twia Music. That's T W I Y A. The world is yours always. And Pat at. Uh, you can reach me at noidolmusicgroup.com and on Instagram, STP Ampersat, because. That's the they real. Won't let you do another at. That's the real name for the at symbol, and they won't let me put the at oh, symbol. Wow. So, ampersat, A M P E R S A T S T P, ampersat. Awesome. Well, I end the podcast by saying this is the NAS podcast, and each guest says their name. So we'll start from Tuya, then go to Saint Pat. So, this is the NAS podcast with Tuya and Saint Pat. Awesome.